have to be very discerning uh, to the degree that you recognize unhealthy attachments. Amen. So, see, it's about understanding and recognize those who are friends as well as those who are foes. <laughs> it's about recognizing, Sister Hill, those who are friends as well as those who are foes. Now, foes are those who oppose uh, feelings, who oppose us in feelings and principles. So, foes are those who actually go against uh, the, what we believe and the lifestyle as believers that we have been taught to live. So, foes are those who are harmful to you. They are your adversaries. They are your enemies. And here's the kicker. Oftentimes, our foes are camouflaged. So, they appear to be friends. They appear to be for you, but they're really the enemy in disguise that look like angels of light. <laughs> That's why you have to be very discerning. That's why you have to be in tune to Holy Spirit. Then to one of the dangers, and we have to remember, beloved, we are ambassadors of Christ, talking about those of us who are believers. One of the dangers of, the wrong, of, of dwelling among wrong influences is that it desensitizes you of the fact that we are ambassadors for Christ in the earth. I say it again. One of the dangers of dwelling among bad relationships is that it desensitizes you. You're no longer aware or conscious of the fact that you have a purpose in the earth. And that we should, now watch this, because Peter encourages of this, and that we should be living in such a way that it actually leads people away from sin and to Christ. So if I'm dwelling, Brother Moore, in environments that I'm no longer aware of that, so I'm in this environment what I should be, where I should be infecting these people for the greater good, they are infecting me for the greater bad or for the worse. It's about understanding the life that I now live. So when you become a believer, it's about understanding the life that I now live. Did you hear what I said? It's realizing that Christ lives in you now. The old you died. Christ lives in you now. And the life that you live now is by faith in the Son of God. Christ and see, this is the thing, because here's what we don't realize. Everything, everyone that comes into our lives affect us to a certain degree. And I stated last week, when God wants to bless you, he uses people. When Satan wants to derail you, he uses people. Christ, beloved, is our quintessential model in which we are to pattern our lives. He is the ultimate example. Christ is. He is the impetus. He is the stimuli. He is the motivating force behind our actions, Brother Rudolph. That, that should be the mindset. Christ, as the apostle said, he compels me. I live this way because Christ 
compels me. Call me a fool if you will. But the life that I live now is motivated by someone greater than me. Are you here? Let me show you this because, again, we got to learn how to identify unhealthy relationships. First John 2, 6, I want to show you. you now, I just said Christ is the quintessential example. He is the ultimate standard for the believer. First John 2, 6. Are you here? See, then, too, the wrong, the, the wrong crowd can affect your morale. See, you can hang out with the wrong crowd on Saturday night, then bring that mundane attitude with you into the house of worship on Sunday morning. Ah, uh, yeah. So that's why we have to be all the more careful of who we surround ourselves with. As I heard one man say, relationships are spa spatial, space show. So we have to be very careful of who we allow into our inner space. See, perception, discernment is having the God-given divine ability to see beyond the exterior. <laughs> it sees beyond beauty. It sees beyond handsome. It sees beyond the smooth talk. It sees beyond the special gifts, the presence. <laughs> whoever says he lives in Christ, do you see this? That is, whoever says he has accepted him as God and Savior ought as a moral obligation to walk and conduct himself just as he walked and conducted himself. You cannot walk straight running with crooked individuals. So, so, so if I want to walk straight, I have to rid myself of crooked individuals. And sometimes we wonder why I can't walk straight. You're running with crooked individuals. Am I talking to believers or a bunch of heathens? And we love you both. Are you here? But the believers should be more receptive, readily to receive God's word. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, chapter 5. Now, again, the Apostle Paul, he's addressing some divisions and immorality in the Corinthian church, and he begins to encourage the believers to, you know, love one another as believers, and, and we just shouldn't accept anything that goes on in the church. We see in verse one, 1 that there was an issue going on where a young man slept with his father's wife and a lot of believers uh, within that congregation didn't seem to be affected by it. Now, he states, now, listen, man, the Gentiles don't even carry on like what's going on here. The Gentiles understand that, man, I can't sleep with my father's wife. Do you hear this? And here you call yourself a Christ-like one? 
Are you here? So, so, so li listen, and they went as far as to excommunicate this fellow. Why? Because they didn't want that spirit in becoming infectious to the body. A little leaven, he says, leavens the whole lump. Are you with me? I'm going to show you this. Now, a couple of things I, I, I want you to understand the lessons that we can get from this in case I don't get to it is one, as we read this pericope of scripture, we see an example of how our past influences our present. I would write that down if I were you. I'm going to go back and watch it later. Why are you here? Go ahead. Our past, it gives us an example of our past influences the present. That's why renewing the mind is so vitally important. This, he's talking to a people who could not divorce the culture from which they came. And see, you bring your culture into the church. And the church, to some degree, has become so carnal that the church has adopted the world's culture and has lost its flavor because they're trying to, to, to now they're more worldly because they have brought that culture into the church. And, we, and, we, and what we should be doing is taking kingdom culture and infecting the world. I know it's, I'm not soliciting amens and I'm not looking for that, but it's hard to do that when I'm still uh, 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 infected by the culture from which I came. Are you here? So he, he gives us an example of how our past greatly influences the present. That's why, again, uh, you have to be tenacious in the area of renewing your mind. It, it, it also gives us the example of, or, or we see that we have to be careful in judging the right people in our lives. You see this around verse 12 and 13? Again, he was told to, Put him away. Are you with me? Verse 9. I wrote to you in my previous letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. Not meaning the immoral people of this world or the greedy ones and the swindlers or the idolaters, but then you will have to get out of the world and human society altogether. Verse 11. But actually, I have written to you not to associate with any so-called Christian brother if he is sexually immoral. That, that word, uh, it, it's the, it, it literally means fornicate from which you get the Greek word pornea, from which we get the English word pornography. It literally means one who plays the harlot. So he's saying don't associate with harlots. And they come in male and female form. Are you here? Are greedy people. Now watch this. Hold, hold on now. Y'all saying amen too quick. Let me finish. Are greedy. Are uh, an idolater. Or is an idolater. Watch this, what, devoted to anything that takes place with God. Again, idolatry is just not 
the worship of, of rocks and moons and idolatry or idol worship is when you have placed anything, anyone above God. Where you devote more time to someone else or something else than you do God. Are you here? Or, or, or a reviler, one who insults, slanders, or otherwise verbally abuses others, those who are offended. Are you here? Or a drunkard or a swindler. You must not so much as eat with such a person. Now, notice he said, I'm not talking about people who are outside of the kingdom. I'm talking about those who are calling themselves Christians who engage in these things. Are you here? So now, now, let me say this because some of you are looking. I can tell by your eyes, even though your faces for some are covered. You're like, oh, Lord. He's not speaking about someone who lapses in these things, in these sins, but someone whose identity is marked by one or more of these things. In other words, he's talking about people that you can actually label as an uh, one who plays the harlot, someone that you can label who was offended, someone that you can label who is a drunk, someone that you can label who is a, a greedy person, someone who intentionally, purposefully lives this way without any consciousness of who they are. So you should feel better now. I hear that, and I slipped last night. Well, slide back in. God still loves you. Are you here? Notice he said, I'm writing to you not to associate. Again, that word in the Greek, it means properly to mix closely together to influence. In other words, don't get so close to these individuals that now they're influencing you. Notice it means to keep company with, to associate intimately. Don't keep company with these individuals. Are y'all hearing this? See, what, what, where we miss it, he saved, she saved. Yeah, but what does their lifestyle look like? Are they characterized, is their character characterized by that of Christ, the verse that we just read a few minutes ago? Again, again, we're not saying being perfect in the sense of flawless, never missing it. But we're talking about he has a testimony of walking upright. As the scripture encourages, Mark, the perfect man, not perfect in the sense of flawless, but the mature man. The, 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 the woman that's grown up. Mark her. Her, lifestyles, her lifestyle bears testimony that God is first. And, and watch this. And just like somebody's lifestyle bears testimony that, that, that uh, uh, they're walking upright on the other side of that coin, someone's lifestyle bears testimony that there are some things that you need to work on. Are you with me? So we're talking about these attachments. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. 
you know, begin to sit down and, you know, gauge your environment. Because, again, some individuals should have, you should have dropped off in January. There are people who are still in your inner circle who you should have left in May. Thank you, sir. There, there, there are some who you should have let go of in 2019, as the brother said. Are you here? It, 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 it's, it's not a good thing when the culture on the inside is more infectious than the culture on the outside. That's why he had to put them out. Because we, it shouldn't be that people come to the house of God and they have better comfort, if you will, or peace with those on the outside. Something's wrong. No, we are change agents for the good. Are you here? So you can't be afraid to do an analysis. Here's where you start. You start with the believers, those who call themselves Christians. Now, Paul is not saying, Sister Gilliam, that these individuals aren't saved. Nor are they not going to have, that's not what he's saying, but he's saying you need to watch those who call themselves Christians because especially when their, their character has a great deal of flaws, particularly these things that he's mentioned here, because they can be very infectious to you. So, men, I have to watch women who, who throw out I'm a Christian or I love Jesus but plays the harlot. Hold on, ladies, I got you. Ladies, you have to watch out for men who have no record or testimony of following Christ other than their, I'm a Christian in name only, who plays the harlot, who is greedy, who is a slanderer. Do you hear this? So we know how to identify bad people. We just can't be so emotionally attached that we don't let them go. Watch this. And we don't let them go because of that. We, see, we are emotionally, we so emotionally attached that we are unable to let them go. And the reason why we are unable to let them go is because of our spiritual immaturity. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, how do you say that? Because our emotional health and our spiritual health are inseparable. I say that again. That bears writing. Our emotional health and our spiritual health are inseparable. So, and I say that because it's not possible for a believer to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. I say it again. It's not possible for a believer to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. 1 Corinthians 13, 11, GNT, let me show you something. 
Someone say, I'm getting detached today. So you can't even say it. Don't want to let him go. <laughs> Don't even realize it, that, that he's an anchor. She's an anchor. You see, oh, you moved this year. You either moved forward or backward. There's no, nobody is in the same place. You're not in the same place where you were January of this year. You're either a little further forward, a little back, backwards. But you're not in the same place, whoever that person is who's deceiving themselves. You're not, matter of fact, just look at yourselves. You either moved up this year or moved back. And if, and, and, and if I cannot legitimately and honestly say that I moved forward, it's time to let some anchors go. It's the people. See, the wrong company keeps you spiritually immature. That's what was one of the things that was going on in the church at Corinth. He tells them, you're still calling on. Whether it's envy and jealousies and divisions, are you not acting like mere men? Are you not acting like the man that you used to be? Associations. When I was a child, you see this? My speech, feelings, emotions, dwell in your soulless realm, will, intellect, emotions, feelings. Are you here? When I was a child, my speech, feelings, and thinking were what? All those of a child. Now that I am an adult, he's dealing with maturity here, spiritual maturity. I have no use for childish ways. So again, my emotional health and spiritual health are inseparable. When I was a child, my speech, my feelings, and thinkers were what? So when I'm spiritually immature, I'm going to talk like an immature person. I'm going to act like an immature person. But once I become more spiritually mature, your language changes. Your conversation changes. Your conduct changes. Are you here? Why? Because I'm at a better place emotionally. See, you don't got so hooked on Dr. Feel Good that we don't even want to receive the new creation that you became in Christ. Watch this. Hold on. If you're... if you're renewing your mind, right, do you not think it's going to affect how you think? Okay. Well, since renewing my mind affects how I think, how I think affects how I feel. And how I feel determines how I act. And how I act determines the response that I get. So if my mind is renewed, that means there there is an emotional aspect that's been affected. 
So if I'm renewing my mind with the word, then there should be some maturity taking place. Certain things start to fall off. Certain things you don't wear anymore. Why? Because I've outgrown it. Oh, you're not hearing me. Listen, when you are an infant and you start to grow into adolescence, your informative years, listen, I haven't seen a five-year-old wear a onesie when he was six months old. Why? Because he grew out of it. Why? Because he began to mature. And I haven't seen a 15-year-old wear what he wore when he was five-year-old. Are you here? Why? Because I've outgrown because of that maturity. Certain things just fall off. I can't fit anymore. And as you mature, as you mature, those relationships that are mythic for you, you begin to say, listen, I've out, I can't, this doesn't fit me anymore. I've outgrown this. I can't wear that anymore. Too tight. I don't like the way I look at it. Why? Because I've outgrown it. And what we do is some of us still try to wear things, and and we know when it's too tight and it don't look right. That's why we feel self-conscious and we're not really sure of ourselves. It should be the same way when it comes to your relationships. I don't like how I feel when I hang around them. I don't like what they put in me when I'm... That's why you can leave certain environments and you feel like, man, I just need to go take a Clorox bath. And these are people who are told in Bibles. Don't be moved by Hananasha. Next time, they, you better, Lord, give me the interpretation so I can see this foolish person. Watch this. Notice I said, I said the wrong company keeps people spiritually immature. Even in, we're talking about Christians now because Paul, he's warning them about Christians, people naming themselves their brother in, in the church. Watch this. If that's the case, you say, See, we should be growing. You should still, see, if I'm still on milk, it's the people you're around. That explains why sometimes, when you, even when you come, when we gather t- together corporately, some are hungry, then some are, are ineffective, not effective to, not even affected to the least degree because there's no taste for more because of my environment. Feel what sucks. Toxicity that, you know, they, they, they hear, but they're not here. Man, it's the people. When your life is seemingly advancing, it has to do with a lot of the people that you are around. No man is an island unto himself. Somebody's helping you get there. So if I'm advancing, I, I, I can credit to my environment. <laughs> I was talking to Bishop several weeks ago, and I was like, Bishop, man, this, you was disowned and this and that. Man, and if you wouldn't believe, you know, the Lord showed me this and as long as what you were saying and this. He's like, I'm not surprised. 
basically what he was saying, if it's on the head, naturally. Hold on. This is what's expected because you're connected. So if your life is advancing, you can credit it to the people you are around. If your life is regressing, you can credit it to the people that you are around. Yes. Let me show you Hebrews 5, 13, and 14. You here? Amplified version. Let me show you something. I hadn't tend to go here, but. For everyone who lives on milk is doctrinally inexperienced. That means doctrinally inexperienced. They're babes in the word when it comes to doctrine, teachings. That's what doctrine means, teachings. So they babes when it comes to the word, infants. Unskilled in the word of righteousness. Since he is a, here it goes again, back to maturity. Spiritual infant, still wearing diapers. 47 years old. Do you know how that looks? See, see, come here, brother. See, you, you, okay. Well, he looked good. So look at y'all, look at them shoes. Boy, that's bad. Imagine that shirt. Look at that. Can you zoom in on that? That thing, that thing, bad. Okay, now back on the word. Now, now watch this. See, he looks good. And most times we're fooled by the outer. Oh, yeah, he's he definitely saved. That's how we. I can tell by his shoes. <laughs> he a man of God. How beautiful are the feet of Then they start using scripture. Those who preach the gospel. Bring good news of glad tidings. Listen, so, but he looks good. Now, without spiritual discernment, you can't even see the diaper that he's wearing. See, that changes the whole, oh, he's a grown man. Some of y'all insert something else before that. You put a little expletive before that. You're a grown man. Okay. I don't know. Whatever. I don't see. I didn't say anything. What did you say? Well, whatever you said, that's probably what you would have said in real life. Whatever word came to your mind. It's the people you're around. <laughs> but wouldn't that change? Here, ladies, if you thought this was Boaz. And he's yet wearing diapers. One, what's, what do they pull up? Whatever they call them things. No, the pen. Some people need the pen, sir. So we're not, we're not, we're not talking. Some people, we don't want to offend people. It's the people that we're around. <laughs> 
pens are for people who need help, man. He's in diapers. <laughs> Two totally different messages and subjects. Let me teach. We'll let you teach your sermon next Sunday. <laughs> but but I, it's the same thing. Depends. Diapers. Wouldn't that make you feel some kind of way? But again, because we're unskilled in the word of righteousness, all we see is the, I don't have the ability to discern beyond that. Because I'm so carnal, and the people I'm around are unskilled. And when the blind lead the blind, thank you, sir, they both fall in the ditch. Are you here? Watch this. But solid food for the what? Spiritually mature, whose senses what? Are trained. What do your senses dwell in the soulless area? Wine, the mind, will, intellect, even. Emotions. So do you see the spiritual connection? If, if, if you are healthy, healthy spiritually, then naturally you should be healthy emotionally. But see, we're people being fooled, we've been fooled by people who are actually unskilled in the word. And we're thinking, well, how can he be cuckoo? And he say he loved Jesus. The man is not, the, the man has no taste for solid food. So we automatically assume, but watch this. Then we say, well, get your mind right. Well, if he gets his mind right, which again, there's going to be maturity. So what he or she once did, they've grown out of it now. Those things that oppose the word. Are you here? But solid food is for the spiritually mature whose senses are trained, watch this, by what? Practice. To distinguish between what is morally good and what is evil. So back to what I was saying, when they are, their senses are trained through the practice of the word, they can see straight through the nice attire and see that she's not fit or he's not fit for where I'm trying to go in God. Oh, uh, are you here? That's why, you know, be mature enough to have this mindset. Why try to enter someone else's world when you haven't entered your own world? In other words, why am I trying to connect with whoever and I'm still on milk? Don't even do that to yourself. Or them. The mindset would be, you know what? I'm not even ready. Now, if you're ready, then you, you, you want to get with the white connections. Are you here? But, but sometimes, listen, and, we, and when you mix, you know, if you're trying to connect, it, it needs to be, you know, he's there, she's there. They're my example. Follow those. What did Paul say? Follow me as I follow Christ. Yeah, great connection. Are you here? But again, nothing else sabotages 
the life of a believer. More quickly than the wrong relationships. Paul is encouraging us to look at our Christian relationships, those who call themselves Christians. So what is he encouraging us to do? We got to take some time. What is Holy Spirit encouraging us to do? Take some time to reflect on and re-evaluate those in your personal lives. And as I said last week, you have to ask some questions because you don't get answers unless you ask questions. Are you here? And I've said this years ago, and I will write this down what I'm about to say. You don't necessarily always need strength to let go of something or someone. What you really need is understanding. You don't always have to have strength. I don't need strength not to do crack. I have an understanding of what crack does to a person. Through information, I have an understanding of what heroin or meth does to people. So there's no enticement for me to even want to entertain it because I have an understanding. I don't foster relationships with people who have no desire of trying to, especially those who are believers, who are trying to pattern themselves after Christ. I don't need strength not to, not to go in those environments. No. Why? Because I have an understanding. Are you here? So you don't necessarily always need strength to let go of someone or something. What you really need is an understanding. And when you understand how the wrong people can cause you to take a turn for the worse, that's to be all the strength you need. Because I understand what happened if I stay connected to him. I understand what happened if I get connected to them. Are you here? And we talked about attachments. Write this down. And I said last week that we recognize people by their faces. We recognize people by their faces. In the Hebrew, they don't have a single word for face. There's no single word for face because they know we have different faces, people. It's always in the plural. Faces. You will recognize them by their faces. And I used an acronym on last week. We talked about family. Faces. F. So write this down. We recognize, we'll know them by their friends. Write that down. What kind of company do they keep? 1 Corinthians 15.33. Don't be fooled. Bad friends ruin good habits. Don't be, let's read this out loud. Ready? Read. Don't be fooled. Bad friends. And I submit to you, there are some people who are named believers are just as harmful to Christians than there are people who are not naming the name of Jesus. Notice. Don't be fooled. Bad friends ruin good habits. Listen, what, what this young boy did to his father was so bad, and, and they encouraged them to put him after church. 
He said, man, deliver him. This is 1 Corinthians 5 and 5. He said, deliver such one to Satan for the destruction of his flesh. Since he can't get himself together, deliver him to Satan that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Do you, where is it at? If you have it, uh, 1 Corinthians 5, 5. Notice he said, deliver him to Satan. Now, the goal of the excommunication of putting him out, putting him out, the goal of this action was not retaliation, but for rehabilitation. Hoping that the man would be convicted of what he did and it would encourage repentance. So that's what he meant, one of the things that he meant in that. Are you here? So we know people how? By their friends. What type of company do they keep? You've heard the saying, show me who your friends are and I'll show you who you are. Tell me who your friends are, and I'll tell you who you are. And for the believer, Christ is the ultimate example. How do they conduct themselves? You hear? Well, what do I know? What do I know? How do I know to identify? Do you know what Christ looked like? As Jesus is, so are we. In the earth, do you follow me? So we know them by their what? Friends. What type of friends do they have? Faces. We know them by their friends. Hey, we know them by their actions. And whether you believe it or not, you serve as an example to others in what you do. Yes, you do. You may not even be conscious of it, but there are those who are watching you that you have no idea that are watching you. And this example is one, of, is one that influences the behavior of others, even though they are not aware of the, the effect that our actions have had on them. So again, we serve as an example to others in what we do. Proverbs 20 and 7. A righteous man... Lives, come on, let's read all together. Ready, read. A righteous man lives on the basis of his integrity. Blessed are his children after him. So how do I know if this is the right group? There is some integrity in place. Why? As we read earlier, his conduct, his character resembles that of Christ. So a righteous man lives on the basis, listen, if there is no integrity, you cannot live on the basis of integrity. Are you with me? Proverbs 20, 11, God's word. Proverbs 20 and 11. So you know them by their friends. You know, you, you know them by the company they keep. You know them by their actions. Are, 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 they, are they sayers only and not doers? Or are they doers? Even... A child, you see this, makes himself known by his actions, whether his deeds are pure or right. Even a child, not just adults, but even children. Are you here? And the point I want you to see here is that individuals are known by their actions. 
What are their actions like? So we know them by, notice we talked about family last week. Who remembers that? That's why it's good to, especially those who are in courtship, what is this family like? What is her family like? Again, we, we can't go off, I'm saved. Are you here? And I, as I stated last week, we have to reestablish the non-negotiables and go home and reestablish. I'm not, today is a new day. Well, yesterday, see, you're still in yesterday, sir. It's gone. My mind is being renewed today. So I'm, because I've grown spiritually in the last week, over this last 45 minutes, my emotions have grown that quickly. Oh, that was a nugget for somebody sensing the left side of the sanctuary. And we know them by, and we'll keep going on, and we know them by their commitments. We know them by their commitments. And we'll pick up here next week. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.